Hey podcast, just before we get you to this episode, I wanted to invite you to join us at pageantlaunch.com. We are starting the world's first dedicated pageant review site and we want you to join our launch team. All you need to do is put in your email address. It's completely free. We are looking to make the pageant industry safe, transparent, and fair, and we'd love your input on how to do that. So head over to pageantlaunch.com, whack in your email address, and let's get you to this episode. I'm Sandell Taylor, Mrs. Germany World, and this is my interview with The Pageant Project. everyone, it's Adrian from The Pageant Project, and I have with me today, this is Germany World 2020, uh, Sandal Taylor. Sandal, how are you? I am great. Thank you so much for asking. Doing well. And whereabouts are you coming to us from? We have a very international show, goes all the way from Australia to the UK to the US and probably some other countries soon. So whereabouts are you in this world of ours? Currently, I am at my home residence in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I'm in the States. Okay. And as someone who's never been to Pennsylvania, can you start with giving me the uh, the brief overview of Pennsylvania and what's, um, what are some of the unique things I could do, see, eat, or drink in Pennsylvania? Because it's a pageant interview. It normally go, devolves into eating because we love talking about food. Well, if you're in the mind for food, you are definitely going to come to the right place. So first things first, um, I am what they call a yinzer. So we say hi yins or hey yins, not like hey y'all or hey you guys. So first things first, you're going to need to learn how to say yins if you want to fit in. Second thing is, is when you come to my city, uh, it is just beautiful. So I am on the western side of Pennsylvania. It's Pennsylvania is a huge state. It actually takes about six and a half hours to get across the state. I can get to multiple other states in the time frame it takes for me to get across my state. But there's so many things to do from running the Rocky Stairs in Philadelphia to watching a Steelers game with me in my hometown of Pittsburgh. Wow. Okay. Um, go, go back to the yins. So what does, <laughs> yin, what does that mean? So it's a form of UNs, Y-O-U-N-S, and it's a Pittsburgh thing. Most people from Pittsburgh say YINZ, Y-I-N-Z. Um, so that's how you can tell if somebody's from Pittsburgh, if they say, hey, YINZ, or hey, you guys, or and at, like N apostrophe A-T, like and that. Um, kind of a little tidbit if they're straight away. <laughs> I'm so glad you told me because if I go to Pennsylvania and someone said that to me, I would actually think they're insulting me or something. I would think it's a derogatory term. So I'm glad that we cleared that up now. So it's hey yins, which yeah. basically, hey, hey y'all. Yes. Um, but like I said, that's only in Pittsburgh. Now, if you say that in Philly, you might start a fight because they might think that you're a Steeler fan. So, you know, you guys got to watch where you're going to be at. Okay. I might just say hello. I'll stick with yes. my hello. I love it. So far, um, guys, I can see a lot of you tuned in. So if you haven't watched one of my interviews before, 
you can and where, wherever you're watching, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, you can write in the comments. And um, Sandal will not only be able to see the comments, but we, if you have any questions, he'll be able to answer them. So we already have Edmund. I don't know how many of these people you know, Sandal, but I'll go through the comments. You've got Edmund Porter saying hi. That looks like a very interesting profile photo there, Edmund. Looks like you've got a horse in the background. Uh, Anthe, I think you're over in Greece, aren't you? She said hello. And um, Tameka Jones-Young has already laughed about the hey yens. So, uh, I love oh. it. Hi, guys. And Charlotte's over on Facebook. Yeah, so, so let, let me know um, where you're watching from. Let Sandal know where you're watching from. Um, Sandal, let's get into the easy stuff first. Let's talk about pageantry and how you got involved in the crazy world of pageantry to begin with. It's not actually a simple story. I grew up modeling. My dad was a hobbyist photographer who actually got to work in a group photo shoot with Cindy Crawford when he was becoming a hobby photographer. So it was really, really cool to what I call grow up behind the scenes. Um, and it kind of what drew me in in the first place. So I started modeling when I was three years old. I did Sears catalogs, JCPenney's, Kaufman's. These are all department stores over here that are no longer here. Um, but I started growing up and just doing a whole bunch of modeling and I fell in love with it. I got out of it for a few years and then I had a competition that actually drew me back in that was more of a bikini modeling competition and it was pageant kind of based but not all pageant so there was like an interview and of course swimsuit um, but it wasn't fully pageant based and I kind of went from there my first ever pageant was as a married woman in 2015 I competed for Mrs. Pennsylvania American Beauty which is a um through the Mrs. American Beauty system. And that was my first pageant ever in 2015. And now, you know, four pageants, five pageants later, you know, I'm still going on. That's that's not a bad average. You started about five years ago and you've done five. So you're averaging about once a year. So you're doing pretty well. Thank you. <laughs> um, so that's how you got involved with pageantry to begin with. Obviously, you, you've done five, so something kept you in that world. What was it that attracted you to pageantry? What are the parts, the aspects that really you enjoyed and kept you going? So I had a director that actually reached out to me, saw what I was doing in my community, and really thought that I would make a, a really good pageant title holder. And at the time, I was a little bit lost. Um, I was going through a lot of different stuff in that year, kind of finding myself and a little bit of reinventing, I guess you could say. And going through pageantry really helped me not only find myself, but it also reminded me of the things that I was really passionate about and really energized about. And then I got there and I realized that there was so much more to that that you didn't see. It was the camaraderie between queens. It was the community service that I already loved to do. And it was getting to meet people like yourself from across the world that I really would have never had a chance to meet. And that's kind of what's kept me here amongst multiple things. I love the system that I compete for. I love the women that I meet, the directors, just everything about it is something that continues to draw me back. And you mentioned that, um, I think it was, you said the first, your first director said that you'd be a good fit for pageant. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, no voice here because it's too early in the morning for me on a Sunday, apparently. <laughs> Let's try that again. You mentioned that 
you uh, someone said you'd be a good fit for pageantry because of the work you did sort of in the community. So what sort of work um, were you doing or have you been doing in the community? Because I know that you have done and continue to do a lot. Absolutely. So for the past 19 years, I've been an advocate for heart health. It actually started really to take feet in 2005 when my dad had a heart attack and stroke. I actually started to become a spokesperson for the American Heart Association and expanded my horizons to the European Society Excuse me for Cardiac Disease. I actually worked with the German Heart Foundation and I'm now partnering with the Hungarian Heart Foundation as well. Um, so I've been kind of just expanding my horizons as far as that. And then it developed into more of a personal mission. I've been through a lot of things in my life that I had to kind of emerge from. And so I started to do two different platforms. One was something I called the Emerge Project, where I taught women actually how to tell their story or to teach them how to find that one thing that they're really good at, and then they can teach it to someone else. Because I really believe that if we could come together as a society and think about the one thing that we're really, really good at and teach it mm. to somebody else, we're doing something really positive. And the second thing is that I started to give out free haircuts to those in need. So it originally started with veterans. It's something I've been doing my whole life. And then it kind of turned into more than that. I started giving free haircuts to the homeless, women's shelters, men's shelters, and then my favorite children's hospital um, for just basically anyone who's in need. And I've been doing that now for over 10 years. Uh, can I ask in 10 years, how many haircuts do you think you've done for that cause? Um, if I had to take a guess, it'd probably be over 5,000, but I really don't keep track anymore. Um, I've been working with several organizations such as the Veterans Leadership Program, the Dress for Success Program in my area, again, the Children's Hospital, Women's and Health Shelter. So even at an annual event, we can cut anywhere between 50 to 100 cuts in a day. Um, it's just something amazing and Recently, in the past two years, I've been trying to get my nonprofit started called the Haircut Project and so that I can expand and actually take it on the road and travel and give people free haircuts across the world. Sure. Uh, I'll just bring you up to date with some of the comments. So Tamika has said, we love Sandal checking in from D.C. Uh, she's Mrs. Brightwood, D.C. Um, this is an interesting comment. Got, hi, mom. This is Stacia. <laughs> my daughter. <laughs> Okay. From my husband, they're watching. Uh, Joni has said, hey, pretty. Catherine has said, this lovely lady got me into pageantry. You are amazing. And Anthea has said, such a lovely way to give back. Sandal, you mentioned um, veterans somewhere in there. And uh, coming from Australia, I've heard a lot about the importance of veterans in America in terms of mental health but I'm not that aware of um, why it's such a big issue specifically in America. So can you give me an idea as to why, um, why you advocate or why you choose to help veterans um, in America and why it's such an important issue? Absolutely. So it's not just veterans in America that I choose to help. It's veterans across the world. If you are someone who has served either for this country or for another country, you put your life on the line for something that is so much more important than thyself. And I think that that's really important. I come from a really long line of veterans, um, so much so that it goes back to 1787. As I've been doing my genealogy research, it's been amazing to find out. 
But my dad was a Vietnam veteran and my husband is in the military. Well, he's a veteran as well. And it's just very important for me to remind people that these are the people who fought for our right to have a free country, that fought for our right to continue to live that the way that we live. And if we forget those people, then where would we be? People don't realize how much a haircut can change somebody's life. It can make or break somebody getting a job. It can allow someone to have an opportunity that wouldn't have presented themselves in another format. And most importantly, it can change their perspective on life. A haircut can literally, to me, change somebody's life. And I've seen it firsthand whenever I was given an opportunity to work with the Dress for Success program, getting my life back on track. Now it's come full circle and it's been amazing for me to do that for someone else. What is the most moving thing you've been told after a haircut? Because I have heard there's a there's a charity, for example, here in Australia that uh, for victims of domestic violence, which obviously is predominantly women and young children, and they put together hampers of little cosmetics products like little bubble baths or face masks, quite expensive, higher tier things. But a lot of people look at that and go, well, that's not really going to change their lives. But what I found from working with those people is that when uh, when a woman who's, let's say, probably homeless or living in a shelter gets that sign that just someone cares, it really can ch have a huge impact and change their lives. So for yourself, when you give someone a haircut, what are some of the things that happen after that that simple, seemingly simple gesture? Um, for me, it's knowing that I've given a haircut to someone who can have a new opportunity. I actually have a gentleman who I cut his hair every year. I'm not even sure if I'm going to be able to get to see him this year um, due to the coronavirus, but I've cut his hair for the past five years at the annual event that I do that is called that is called Alive Pittsburgh. Um, he's not only homeless, but he's a veteran. And every year he waits to see if I'm going to be there to cut his hair. And that's his only haircut that he gets during the year. That's the only one that he can afford to get because it's free. And I like to watch him. And last year I got to see he finally got an amazing service dog that is out to help him. And he's just out there getting amazing things. And that's just one of the many stories that I've been able to witness. And again, for me, like you said, it's hitting that foundation of seeing someone who cares. For myself, it was having that connection when I felt like there was no one else left. And that's something that I want to be able to give back. Do you happen to know the, the gentleman's name, not to disclose it, but I'm interested to know how many sort of, how many sort of regulars do you have? How many stories do you have that you can sort of check in every year and watch their lives progress? I do know his name. Um, I, yeah, like you said, I'm not going to disclose it, but I see him every year and I, I look for him too. So Hopefully, you know, um, I'll be able to see him at some point this year. If it's not in November, then hopefully after that. And you also mentioned, was it the Emerge Project? Am I getting that name right? Yeah. And you mentioned that that's where someone sort of comes in with their unique skill and teaches it to other people. I'm just interested to know what, what are the variety of skills that you've had people come in with? Because everyone... You know, it's like a talent round. Everyone has their unique talent. So what are some of the talents or skills that you've had and people have put forward? Um, well, the first thing that comes to my mind is story writing. 
Um, I had a woman who came to me who was struggling with speaking her own story about domestic violence. And I had told her my story about surviving domestic violence. And she wasn't ready to be a speaker, but she was ready to able to write about it. And so I helped her be able to write about it. And she decided to develop it into a short story and actually ended up publishing it at her local community domestic violence shelter and now utilizes that for her own healing. So it's been really amazing. Um, but it's about showing people that there's always one thing that we can do that no one else can do. And sometimes it's as simple as being yourself. And sometimes it's as simple as showing someone how to smile. And I, I really feel like if we can hit that one thing and everyone can learn how to give that back to somebody else, we could really make a huge impact. Have you had any skills that have just struck you as very odd or weird or unexpected? I don't know, like juggling or something like that? Um, not really. I kind of like the odder the thing. I think it's really cool because it teaches me something different. But I think the one that strikes me as the most unique was they wanted to teach somebody how to do a wheelie on a motorcycle. And I really had no idea at first how to help this person. But really, it, when I kind of broke it down. It was more, again, that fear of public speaking. So I ended up working with the individual to basically shoot like a little how-to um, YouTube video, which was pretty cool. Okay. I'm, I'm amazed that you were able to do that because I'd be worried in America about insurance because if you teach someone how to do a wheelie on a motorcycle and then someone actually does it and injures themselves, I'd be worried about that. But that sounds, do you know if anyone's actually... Um, learned to do a wheelie on a motorcycle from watching that you know what i don't know if he ended up publishing it to be honest with you which is one of the reasons why we had like you mentioned insurance we had several contracts and everything drawn up because he was aware of that he just i yeah. think it was more for him overcoming it himself which was really cool yeah it was probably more about him than creating the video was more about a process for him than someone else uh I'll just bring you up to date with the comments. So Anthony here has said, true, Coco Chanel said famously that when a woman cuts her hair, it's about to change her life. Absolutely. And when you cut someone else's hair, change their life. Uh, got another hi, mum, with a very interesting emoji Smiling there. Face. That's a much more complicated one. I, I just use the emoji button. I'm lazy. Uh, Anthony has also said it's true. Sandal um, acts simple as a haircut can help in many different ways. Uh, Shans, can I join live? Uh, no, you can't join in the actual call, but if, if you, I did have one person accidentally share this link to someone else and then they accidentally jumped on the call, but you can, you can submit your questions. Um, I may at some stage bring people live onto the call, but not, not today. Uh, you got another hi and, um, Britt who's watching over on Twitch says, hello. I am glad there is some positive news you and me both um sandal would probably be remiss of me not to ask in your state in your country what's happening with corona at the moment because in every country it's different and in every state in america it's different obviously america has gone through a huge upheaval with you're about to have the election in a few months there have been a lot of riots in certain states and it's been hard to keep up with what's happening in corona in different states so what's happening in your home state at the moment um, so for us in my state of Pennsylvania, it's kind of hit or miss on what's going on. One day the numbers are down, the next day the numbers are up. Um, where I live, we are still at 
a very minimum keeping. We can only have 25 people to one area. Most, if not all businesses that I know of are requiring people to wear masks. I do know of a few that are saying, you know, it's not necessarily mandatory, but they're recommending it, but that's very, very low. Um, so we are still very minimal social, you know, social interaction with the distancing where I'm living. But it is definitely one of those things that really makes you think about everything else going on in the world that you can do at a time like this. And, you, you know, for me, it's I'm just trying to stay positive and think about what it's actually brought into my life and my family as much as there is negative, And I can acknowledge that. For me, it's really, really important just to show kindness and positivity. Absolutely. Uh, and I just wanted to ask, in terms of your pageant journey, what sort of, how do you feel that you've grown throughout the five years? You mentioned it's been a five-year journey for yourself. So what do you think you've learned about yourself or how do you feel you've grown as an individual through those five years? For me, it's about the journey of confidence and really believing in myself. Um, when I started this journey, I really didn't even think that I belonged on this stage with these amazing women. Um, a lot of that was just very, very personal. Again, you know, a lot of people think that because, you know, I have, you know, blonde hair and I have a family now that, you know, my life's always been great, but it really hasn't. I've been through a lot of struggle in my life. And I'm really proud to say that I, I've been through it and I've emerged from it and I've come out on the other side. And for me, it's about fighting for what's passionate. You know, nothing's going to stop me from doing the things I love to do, advocating for the things I love to advocate. And so for me, it's about really finding myself and starting to really love myself, which has been the best journey of it all. And getting to take my family along with me on this amazing journey has kind of been the icing on the cake. And have there been any sort of one, two or three highlights over those five years? I know it can be very difficult to pick out highlights, but have there been any high points for yourself? Absolutely. So I am proud to say that for two years straight, I won the Congeniality Award. Now, most people in pageantry are like, well, you don't want to be named Congeniality because that kind of sets a negative connotation that you can't be kind and a queen. Well, mm. I baffled those odds because the year that I won my title of Miss Pennsylvania America was in 2018 and I also was awarded the congeniality award and it's one of my proudest awards. Um, I have another award that I'm very very honored to have won which was the director's leadership award within my pageant community and that's where the director selected the title holder that she believes was a true leader and that was again one of my favorite awards and then this past year at Mrs. World Unbeknownst to me, I had no idea I was going to win this coolest award. Um, I was awarded the most whimsical costume at Mrs. World for my, um, I was actually Little Red Riding Hood. I had a traditional drindle from Germany that was actually sent to me by some family members. And I had the big bad wolf on a skateboard and he literally skated across <laughs> me on the uh, stage. And it was really cool. I think he won the award because he was the cutest thing. Yeah. All the kids wanted to take pictures with him and just loved him. And it was really um intense to build it because I had to unpack it and then rebuild it down there and I'm like sewing him up onto the skateboard and um in the middle of the night but it was definitely uh worth it I had again no idea that I would even be nominated for an award it was just something that I had this vision that I wanted to represent the fairy tale country as my German heritage and 
Little Red Riding Hood is like one of the most famous German fairy tales that wasn't even German, but that's a whole nother story. And of course I had to have a big bad wolf. So it was really, really, really fun to take my big bad wolf everywhere with me, um, including the airport. He was a big fan at the airport. So did you put the costume together originally in America and then take it over to Germany? Okay. Cause I've yeah. heard horror, cause it's those costumes. I mean, you won the whimsical award. It's those sort of national costumes that are an absolute nightmare for a lot of pageant girls to take to another country because they're often very big or they have set pieces or in your case you had a wolf um and a skateboard to get them through customs and get them in a suitcase often they have to take them onto the uh into the cabin itself so did you have i've got to imagine you must have had some issues so, packing them. so for me luckily my competition was actually here in america so i didn't have to take it across country right. however okay. um i did have to pack my skateboard in my carry-on which was very interesting. And then my wolf, I took a duffel bag that has like the, um, the two handles that like Velcro together. And I yeah. like Velcroed him in the handle so that I could like carry him through the airport. It was really, really funny because they were, you, you would have been there to see all the people looking at me like, why is this person carrying a wolf? But it was really cool. It was really fun. And um, I'm so grateful that, you know, I had that award and I still have the wolf. So you know, it's a win-win. He's sitting I in my room right now. I would have loved to be the person at customs or the x-ray machine going through, you know, as you put the, the luggage through and seeing that you've got a wolf, you've got a skateboard. I mean, do you, do you actually skate is, is the question. Um, I do not, but my son was attempting to learn at one point. So that's why we have a skateboard. And again, the idea just kind of came to me. I wanted him to be in his bed. The big bad wolf, you know, was found in the bed when, you know, Little Red Riding Hood. So I wanted to make it look like he was asleep, but sitting up half asleep. So it would just come to me. And again, it worked out really well. Um, I sewed it up here, like you said, first, just to test it. And I was testing it in my house to make sure I could pull the skateboard. And then I had to unpack it and then re-sew it again. So it was um, very interesting. Uh, and you mentioned you have German heritage. Do you speak German at all? I know Einigen a little bit. So very, very little. I have been learning for the past year, um, but very, very little is what I'm working on. And I've been working on just talking to people from there and Duolingo has been my friend, which is home based in Pittsburgh, if you didn't know that. Um, so it's been, it's been a journey. And now I'm actually also learning Hungarian as well. Is Hungarian similar to German at all? No, 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 they're, they're not similar at all. Hungarian is a language of its own. Um, it is very, very difficult. Um, but my grandmother spoke it when I was not, she wasn't, I wasn't even born. And she unfortunately did not teach it to my mother. And so now we're trying to kind of fix that. And it's been a really good journey. Um, but one day at a time, I'm taking it one day at a time. And you say anything in Hungarian? I don't think I've ever heard anyone speak Hungarian. Not well, so I'm not going to even attempt it yet because I'm still working on the the, the 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 letters. Don't want to. I think it's just from not being around it and hearing it enough. I haven't really gotten the, the dialect down. I can write it, though, for, for a step ahead. <laughs> One step at a time. Uh, 
Sandal, in terms of, I mean, outside of pageantry and advocacy, which I'm sure takes up a lot of time, um, what what do you do to unwind or hobbies-wise or career-wise? So outside the crazy world of pageantry, um, what else do you have going on in your crazy life? So normally I am an educator for cosmetology, but right now I'm actually not doing that job. That was my full-time day job for five years. And I actually decided to take a leap of absence due to teaching my children at home, which was an incredibly hard decision, but it's been amazing. And I cannot be more grateful to have time to actually spend with my children. So um, my children's schooling is virtual, like most people right now, uh, for the first nine weeks. So there's really nowhere else for them to go or for people to watch them. So I made the decision to leave. Um, because I couldn't work full-time and be a teacher and teach my kids full-time during the day and be a teacher. Um, so normally I would say I'm doing that, but I also um, work with a PR company called An Officer and a Gentlewoman, and I work with them on different brands to help their um, brands grow and work with them on the, in, the pageant side. So I've actually been partnered with the Mrs. DC pageant organization, which is, you saw Mrs. Brightwood on there. So, hey, Tamika. Um, and I work with the director, Raquel Riley Thomas, to help them at the state level. That sounds amazing. Does that leave you much free time or downtime? That sounds like a lot of work to be taking on. So you're going to find this really funny, but I am a work while you work kind of girl. So during the day, like when I'm doing all this with my kids, like I'll work out. I do squats while, I, you know, I'm working with them. Um, I'm trying to now get a better routine of, you know, throwing laundry in, in between their classes or, you know, getting stuff done. So a little bit more free time in the evenings when my husband gets home, which he is just, you know, one of the best support systems I could have. Um, but not as much as, as you would think. So, you know, you gotta, gotta keep working, gotta get it fitted in where you can. Yeah. But that sounds, that sounds about right to me. Most pageant girls don't, let's just say they're very, very busy and they don't have a huge amount of, uh, of free time. Uh, Sandal, as you know, that, uh, we always finish with the same 10 questions. Um, but before we go to the final 10 questions, is there anyone that you want to say thank you to or give a shout out to um, for supporting you along your journey? Absolutely. Um, just there are so many people that have helped yeah. me on this journey. First off, my husband, Kenneth Taylor, he's watching right now. Stasia, my son, Blake, just my family in general, all of my friends and family. To Raquel, my amazing director who's worked with me since day one, you've been by my side. To all the girls that are watching here, my amazing pageant sisters from across this world, across different systems. I'm just very, very grateful to have all of you, including you, Adrian, supporting me. You've been, you know, talking with me. We've been doing this interview for a while. I cannot be more grateful. And last, but certainly not, not least, God, just for giving me an amazing opportunity to refine my passion and giving me a second opportunity to live my life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, obviously, I've, I've spoken to you before and I know a little bit more about your struggles. So it's interesting when um, people hear sometimes pageant contestants talking about how they've had struggles in their lives and they see sort of the outside glam. They don't really believe that the person has any has had any struggles. So that's always been, for me, interesting to, to sort of see how um, the outside sometimes leads people to assume what's going on the inside 
when you really, really have absolutely no idea. Um, but Sandal, do you know what the final 10 questions are? Because I've got to think that at this point, most people know what the final 10 questions are. I do to an extent. Um, let's see how good we're going to be at answering them because I've been thinking about them. And I'm like, I really don't know how I'm going to answer these. I had, I've had a couple of people tell me they've had people like practice with them. They, they've been got really worked up and nervous about trying to provide the perfect answer. And they've been asking their friends, like, because the first question is, what's my favorite word? And they've gone around to their friends going, what's my favorite word? Like, what, what do I say a lot? <laughs> like, oh, you don't have to take it that seriously. Um, but anyway, we'll go through the final 10 questions and it's not a speed round. You do not need to answer as quickly as possible. But if you want to do that, then you can. So question one, as I mentioned, what is your favorite word? Absolutely, without a doubt, it is love. Love is my favorite word. It's the driving force behind everything that matters in life. Love conquers all. Sounds good to me. Question two, what is your least favorite word? Any swear word, especially the one that starts with a C. I don't like that word at all. Yeah, I um, I have interviewed outside of pageantry before and, and that answer to the question two has definitely come up a lot. Um, question three, in life, what gets you excited? What turns you on? <sighs> Anything that involves me having fun really gets me excited. I love being outside. I love doing different things in the community. So anything that I can really get my hands on to gets me excited. Like this interview, I'm so excited. I'm like all running around and just I have a good time with it. So anything that really I can get involved in gets me excited. <laughs> what about what turns you off? People that are late. My dad taught me at a very young age that if you are on time, you are late. If you are late, it is unacceptable. And it really is a struggle for me because sometimes I feel that that doesn't give me the free flowingness that I should have. Um, but I really don't like to be late. And if I'm late, there's really normally like something very serious going on or, you know, I got stuck behind a dumpster or something. Right. What, how, for you, for someone to be on time, how early do they have to be in your books? Is it, are we talking five minutes, 10 minutes or? So normally my dad would say anything that's about five minutes, but I like to be at least 15 minutes early for everything. <laughs> you, you were about 15 minutes early for our interview. So I was like, wow, you're on already. We don't need that much time, but obviously you were prepared. Um, that, that comes in handy in pageantry as well, because often you can lose points if you are not on time. Yes. And you always learn, too, that the elevators, you think that they are fast, but you always need to learn 15 minutes earlier than what you plan to make sure that you can get down the elevators. That's fair enough. Especially when you guys are in your giant gown. Sometimes you can only fit one or two people in those elevators. Question five. What sound or noise do you love? Outside of my children laughing, very, very corny, but I love the sound of the door opening when they come home and my husband coming home. I get really excited. That's understandable. What about question six? What sound or noise do you hate? I hate the sound of the emergency siren, like the one for tornadoes or the one for hurricanes 
fire trucks don't really bother me. Police don't bother me. But the one that's like really loud and wailing, it, it really hurts my ears. So I don't like that at all. Mm. Do you have many tornadoes or hurricanes where you're at? I have no knowledge of American geography. So, so where issue? I am, not as much, but we also have that siren for other things like major power outage or like downed wires or something like that. So we tend to hear it where I live a little bit more just because of the winds can kick up in the area and like knock things down still. Yeah, because obviously there was that huge storm that was in the news recently i think it's, it's dissipated now but um absolutely massive uh question seven if you could have any one superpower what would you pick and why okay so i asked my husband this question this morning because <laughs> i was like listen this is actually a really good question to ask your husband right like i was like totally everyone who knows me knows that i am a huge batman fan but he has no superpowers so I decided mm -hmm. that I would want to have the superpower of Captain Planet because he can do flying, he can cure hunger, he can do all the things that we need to do in order to actually save the world, but I would like to be able to do it also while being Batman, if that's a fair answer. <laughs> just because I love Batman. With Captain Planet, because I did watch Captain Planet a fair bit growing up, Captain Planet and Batman are two, like, in terms of personalities. Totally very, different. Very. I like know. Captain I know. And Batman is very, especially at the moment, very dark. Well, yeah, not this Batman. Like, old school Batman, like, he was a good guy, saved the planet, billionaire. Oh. What I love about Batman, the original character, is the fact that he doesn't have superpowers. He was a billionaire that wanted to... Mm -hmm make good in the world because something bad happened to him and so for yeah. me that was kind of it and plus you know who doesn't love a guy in a really tight black suit that you know has a mysterious voice and dark eyes you know so there's that too so i just love it i've not thought of batman in those terms before but i can i can i can now that you've mentioned it okay i can i can see that um i do love batman and i love iron man for the same reason Kind of their superpower is more their brain it's not an actual like i mean they're ordinary people but they're very intelligent and creative so uh, i can get behind that are you excited for the upcoming batman with um with robert pattinson coming up we'll see when it comes out if i like it i am very old school i love michael keaton as batman so we'll see okay. Did you like George Clooney? Because George Clooney has been interviewed about his appearance as Batman and he apologized for ruining the franchise. So what did you think about George Clooney or Val Kilmer as Batman? Um, Val Kilmer, not as not not so bad. George Clooney, I, I wouldn't be as hard on him. Um, I love that he really tried, but we're just going to leave it at that. Still Michael Keaton all day, best Batman ever. Don't think it can be topped. So... We'll That's a, that would be a controversial opinion. Let's just leave it at that. If yes. I if I put Instagram poll as to best Batman, there would be some votes for for Keaton, but I don't think he'd have the most. I know, uh, I know, I know. Yeah. What you love, you love. Okay. Question eight: What job or occupation, other than your own, would you most like to attempt? I have always wanted to be either a physician's assistant where as far as like learning how to teach people more about the health or a dermatologist. Um, it's right in my alley, alley of giving skincare and kind of cosmetic cosmetics. Um, but 
I don't know if I could ever go to school that long. That's a lot of schooling. It's about like 11 years to do either one of those. You've got some support here with the, with the Batman. So I don't know if those emojis mean that's disagreement or whether it's funny. Is Batman a, a big... laughing at me because his favorite is Dr. Manhattan. So, and also Superman. So we are, are very divided in this house. I got to say in terms of superheroes, I find Superman the worst, not the worst, but I find him really boring because he's perfect. He's nice. And like, he doesn't have to try because he's invincible and super strong. So I've always found him a very, he's not been like in the top 10 of my superheroes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him up there. Um, but I guess we're all entitled to our opinions. Huh? <laughs> exactly. You know, it's okay. I, I, I have to forgive him for his choice in superheroes. Cause you know, he still loves me for my superheroes. So we're good. <laughs> How did you guys feel about the Batman versus Superman movie then? Um, it was very interesting because we were definitely like picture uh, like football war, like fans and like all that kind of stuff. That was pretty much, I was like, a Batman's going to kick his butt. He's like, no, Superman's going to win. So it was definitely that debate. But again, you know what? The one thing that I love about our relationship is like we balance each other out. So no matter what, at the end of the day, it was it was good because we both were getting excited about the same thing. Sorry, Sandal, I just dropped that for a sec. Can you still hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, all right, sorry. I, I didn't hear that. You were just about to get to the interesting part and then I, I froze. So can you just bring me up to date? So what happened with the Batman versus Superman? You were talking about like football teams and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so you know how like when you have a really big rival football team and they come out with like the yeah. foam signs? I felt like that was what was going on in our house. But the one thing I love about our relationship is that we complement each other. So even though we were on opposite teams, we were still kind of at this cause rooting for the same thing, which was pretty cool. Okay. All right, fair enough. Um, question nine, what job or occupation other than your own would you definitely not like to attempt? Garbage man. <laughs> That's such a popular answer amongst pageant contestants for that particular question. Anything to do with garbage or janitorial duties is like, no. I could be a janitor. I could do janitor, but I don't think I could ride on a garbage truck. Like I can put the garbage into the truck, and then maybe walk along the garbage truck. But I don't know if I could actually like hang on to a garbage truck. <laughs> so not the most glamorous of jobs, but it's a, certainly a very, very important one. Uh, final yes. question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, now see, this was the one that I was really thinking about for a long time and I would really just like him to welcome me and to say, you know, even though you've been through a lot, you did a great job and come meet the rest of your family. Yeah. Yeah, that, out of the questions, out of those final 10 questions, that's probably the most thought provoking one outside of what superhero power would you like in my um, Sandal, look, we're just about at the end. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to finally get on and connect with you. And I'm so glad that I was able to come on. Absolutely. It's been great having you on. Um, I will keep you on for just a second longer whilst I hang up with the audience. 
but thank you so much for watching, whether it's live or on the replay. And we will speak to you again very, very soon. What's up, guys? It's Adrian again. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember to head over to pageantlaunch.com. Join our launch team for our review site. It's super important to all of us to make sure that the industry is safe, transparent, and fair. So head over to pageantlaunch.com, write in your email address, and we'll speak to you next time.